Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me for my video today. My name is Tom LeHue and uh, this is a channel devoted to all kinds of things about the Enneagram and we're going to be talking about type twos today. And we're going to be looking at the book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut. And she has a little section here about some of the key patterns uh, for each type. And on type two, one of the patterns that she talks about is the minimizing of your own needs while seeking to please others. So we want to talk about that, about not knowing your own needs. Before we do, there's a link in the description below to my website, TomLahue.com, where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments or relationship coaching, whatever I can do to help you. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. You can schedule appointments right there online uh, on my website. Also, uh, there is a page for the certificate programs that I offer. If you want to be certified as an Enneagram coach by me in uh, Enneagram coaching or relationship coaching or Christian life, spirituality, all these topics got lots of different educational programs, all of them available uh, to you uh, wherever you are. And I would love for you to jump into one of those classes. I got a lot of them coming up here soon in the summer if you're watching this. Uh, when this video is recorded. Also, there's an events page on my on my website where you can book me to come and speak to your group to do Enneagram training for your staff team, leadership team, and marriage retreats. All kinds of stuff available that I love to come out and meet your people. Thanks to my patrons. I really appreciate your support for the channel. So let's talk about type twos and let's break that down a little bit more. Most of you guys know that I am a seven wing six and I'm married to a type two wing one. And Tracy and I have been married for over 30 years now. So I think I pretty well understand type twos. I'm always learning, always growing in my appreciation for type twos. Uh, I think I can say that I've seen the good, the bad, the, the strengths, the weaknesses, and can relate to type twos pretty well and tell you what it's like from someone else's perspective, looking at twos or getting along with a two. And one of the things that you know about twos is twos are very focused on meeting other people's needs. So think of it as like you have a radar that just picks up on what people need. You walk into a room and you can see that somebody looks down, somebody looks sad. That doesn't mean that you always feel like you're going to go try to meet that need. It's You do pick up on it, uh, but maybe you're exhausted and maybe you don't have anything else to give or this person's not someone that you really want to connect with. Uh, but you do pick up that need and probably most of the time, you would say that you feel some obligation to go and encourage that person or breathe life into that person or uh, help that person out. It's kind of like to see the world as though there's a lot of people out there that are suffering, having a hard time, having a difficult time, and I could make their lives better. I could encourage them. I could, I could, uh, you know, raise them up and be the wind beneath their wings to encourage them, which is a wonderful thing. We need that in the world. We all need that in the world, and you need that in the world too. Too. But one of the difficulties for twos is sometimes uh, making their own needs known. Sometimes twos have a hard time knowing uh, what their own needs are. And even if they do know what they need, they have a hard time usually expressing those needs in a direct way. I think some of this comes from the fact that twos, they want to be loved. They want to be cared about. They want to feel like they are the priority to someone. And, you know, since you pick up on what people need, you might be surprised that if someone else is not picking up on what you need, aren't they, aren't they aware of what I need? Why do I have to tell them? Are they not really connected to me? Do they, do they 
they really not care very much about me? Because if they did, certainly they would know that what I need. And since they don't seem to know, they must not care. They must not really want to be connected to me, but realize that the rest of us are not too. So we don't always pick up on the unspoken needs of other people. You might have to be more direct than you would like to be. And so this creates a problem for twos, making their needs known without being direct about it. Now, sometimes when you try to make your needs or your will known to other people, or you could say control things, when you want to control things without being direct about it, other people might pick that up as manipulation. Like you're trying to move people toward an agenda, but you don't want to come right out and say out loud what that agenda is. And why is that? Well, one of the things she mentions in this book is that if you do say your needs out loud and people reject meeting those needs and nobody wants to meet those needs, then that rejection is very painful. And you don't want to be rejected. You want to be pleasing. You want to be accepted by other people. You certainly don't want to be rejected by people. That rejection feels very painful, which of course it does. All right, so let's break this down a little bit, this little paragraph. Let's try to unpack what she's saying, flesh it out, talk about it, and see if we can learn more about ourselves and the people that we love. So type twos, minimizing your your own needs while seeking to please others. Now, isn't that interesting? You're picking up on other people's needs while at the same time, in a way, suppressing your own needs. Like you may be even being a little bit embarrassed or ashamed to admit that you have needs while zeroing in on the needs of other people. Like expecting other people to need you, to need your help, to need your guidance, to need your advice, to need your encouragement. Yet while at the same time, not really wanting to admit that you have needs yourself. I just find that like a ironic paradox. The person that's most tuned in to picking up people's needs doesn't really want to admit that they themselves have needs like everybody else, like a normal person. Remember, all of us, no matter how wonderful we are, we're not superheroes. And so we are normal people and normal people, it's okay to have needs. You appreciate it when somebody shares their needs with you and you're able to meet that need. Why don't you think other people might want to come alongside of you and help you at times. I'm sure you do want that. All right, so let's see what she says. You may fear that if you express your needs openly, other people will see you as overly needy. And you don't want to be seen as a needy person. You know what it's like to see people in great need and great distress, and you feel compelled to help them. You don't really want to see yourself as one of those kinds of people. You don't want other people to feel sorry for you, to feel like you can't manage things, like you're unable in some way and you need their help. Yet, if you're honest, that's sometimes the way you look at other people. You kind of look at people as though they need my help and they can't manage things. They'd be lost without me. But yet you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. And you knowing that you don't want to be on the receiving end of that ought to be able to understand why sometimes it can be difficult for people to respond to you in the way that you would like. When you offer your need and your help and your guidance and your support to them, not everybody's going to appreciate that. A lot of people will. A lot of people will and they will love your nurturing attention. But there will be some people that will push back against that and um, they don't want to feel obligated to you. They don't want you to help them. They don't want you in their business. And that can be off-putting to you maybe to run across those people like, wow, they're just impossible. I tried to help them. I tried to, to encourage them. I tried to speak to them and they just shut me down and withdrew away from me. That's so odd. That's so strange. What a faulty person that is. Well, 
maybe the person just doesn't want, they don't want somebody in their business. They don't want to be obligated to you. They don't want you prying into their life. They may understand that this is reciprocal or transactional and they don't want to have to feel obligated to somebody. You know what it's like to not want to be the recipient of other people's help. It might make you feel awkward, right? You don't want to be that person that's seen as overly needy, as somebody that needs other people's support. Um, notice if you feel vulnerable when someone declines to meet your needs, if it feels like rejection. If you do hint at what you need, if you do share your needs with someone and they blow you off and they don't really respond the way you would like, how does that feel? I imagine it feels pretty gross. I imagine it feels pretty terrible. It feels like rejection. And type two, everything about you as a type two is wired to not want to be rejected, to want to be pleasing, to not only want to be accepted, but to want to be pleasing to people, to like be the reason why people feel happy, to be the reason why people feel loved and feel connected. What does it feel like to feel like you're an outsider or you're not wanted or you're not included or you're not loved or cared for or you're left out of the group? It feels awful. And just notice that, you know, it feels awful to everybody, but let's say it maybe feels more awful to you than it does to some of the other types. Okay, so feels vulnerable when someone declines to meet your needs, feels like rejection, and reminds you of the feeling of being deprived or of not being cared about, and which is a fear of type two, to feel like you're not gonna be loved or to not be cared about. And just notice how often that feeling pops up or that thought pops up. You're gonna feel like other people are causing that fear by the way they talk to you or the way they treat you or maybe leave you out of conversations. You're gonna feel like that person is making me feel unloved or making me feel uncared for, or not a part of the group. Well. I don't know that they would know they're making you feel that way. They might just be thinking something else, but it's going to feel like that to you. Notice those fears are fears that live under your surface. They're provoked by other people's actions or inactions, but those fears lie within you. And so sometimes when somebody says the wrong thing or, or fails to invite or fails to include you or fails to respond or show appreciation or gratitude to your actions or your help or your support, it might feel like you're unloved or uncared for by them. But they probably don't know that they're making you feel that way. Um, just realize that those fears are part of being a type two. If you struggle with feelings of being unloved or uncared for, and you're a type two, just recognize that that's part of what it means to be type two. That's part of what it means. And so rather than I need to do something about these feelings, like I need to try harder to win them over, or I need to just be upset and hurt and angry and withdraw completely, rather than those responses, it might be much healthier for you to just realize, oh, this is type two stuff. I'm a two struggling with the things and the feelings that type twos feel. And I guess that's just part of what it means to be a broken person in a broken world. And they're probably not trying to make me feel this way. It's just part of what it means, part of the dragon that I fight in life. And rather than give too much thought and concern to this, I should probably just return back to life, return back to those people that are trying to love me. Chances are they're trying to love you. They may not be loving you in the way you want them to, but they're probably trying to love you in their own way. Okay, what else does she say? Um, 
Check to see if you often have no idea what you need. We've talked about this before with type twos, is the person who is most, you know, cued in on understanding and knowing what people need sometimes is the most oblivious to their own needs. In other words, how comfortable are you when I say to you, well, what do you need right now? How could I help you? What could I do for you? How could I encourage you today? Does that make you feel a little bit like unsure or unsettled? Like, I don't even know how to answer that. I don't know what to say. I don't want to be the patient in the room that's in need of someone else's care. Are you much more comfortable being the nurse in the room, taking care of other people? How does it feel when, now you kind of feel like you would love, oh, I would love Dr. Tom, if somebody else would take care of me. I would love it if people would show that kind of appreciation and attention to me. But when they actually do show that kind of attention to you, do you feel awkward? Does it feel unsettling to be the center of someone else's care? Let me help you. Let me take care of you. What can I do to meet your needs? You know, often twos are so disconnected from themselves that they often don't even know what they want. They don't know what they need. They know that they're not feeling loved, cared for, appreciated, or valued. They know that their advice isn't being valued. They know that they're not being responded to the way they want, that there's not this closeness and connection they want. But when you actually are challenged to put it into words, what can I do for you? How can I support you? How can I help you? What would you do right now that would be meaningful to you if you didn't have to take care of everybody? You know, twos have a line to four, right? Twos have a line to four. Twos have a line to eight. And you should think about those lines. That line to four might just remind you that it's good for you to think about what would you do that would be meaningful to you if you didn't have to respond and care for everybody else and you could just take care of yourself for a little while. What would you do with your time, your energy, your focus of attention? Where would you give that if you just internalized it and did something that was important to you that wasn't serving other people or show up, showing up in a way that's compliant to other people's agendas? What would you do that would be meaningful to you? And then think about that line two to eight. What truth do you need to share right now that maybe you're holding back? You're afraid to just be honest. You're maybe afraid to speak your truth, to, to let that be known. You know, a lot of times eights believe they can fix things if people would just be honest and just be true. So is there something that's bothering you, that's upsetting you, that maybe you need to just say out loud, but you're afraid to say it out loud? You're afraid it might damage the relationship? It might. But maybe the relationship isn't doing all that well anyway. Relationships often thrive when there's honesty and direct communication. And sometimes that passive aggressive stuff might just need to just be aggressive. Like, why don't we just get aggressive? Be, be aggressive. Remember that cheer in high school? And that passive aggressive stuff of trying to move things without saying it out loud and being direct and saying what you need or being a problem to everybody could become a problem to everybody. Okay, what else do we have here? You have no idea what you need. And even if you did, it's like impossible to ask for help. Oh, it's so hard to be one of those regular people. And there's that sin of pride. Those regular people that need help. It's, it's, although you crave it, I think you crave the encouragement and the attention and the affection of other people to be loved and to feel loved by other people. It can be difficult for you to maybe realize that and ask for it and say it out loud and maybe not even know how to ask for that. 
And when somebody does actually reach out and love you in the way you've always hoped, it may be hard for you to re really receive that love. Um, something to think about. We're all learning together. We're all trying to love together and nobody's trying to love more than you guys. All right, so you tend to settle for less than what you really need or want and you prioritize pleasing others and meeting their needs and being the person they need you to be and fulfilling their desires. And sometimes, you know, that can create resentment on your own behalf when your needs aren't being paid attention to, when you are always giving yourself away to others. Is there any part of you that's expecting them to respond in a certain way and then feels a little bit frustrated or hurt or uncared for or resentful when people don't respond to you uh, or prioritize you as the important person that you believe you've become. If you get that sense that they're taking advantage of you or taking advantage of your good nature or of your kindness and they're not really responding to you in the way that you would like, how does that feel? Does it make you feel a little bit angry, a little bit upset? What do you do with that anger? Do you stuff it down? Because it leaks out. It leaks out in the way you act and the way you talk or don't talk to people? Do you deal with that upset and that frustration? Are the other people making you angry? Or think about it like this. Is it your expectations that I've earned? I've earned better treatment than this. After all I've done for them, they should prioritize me to a greater degree than they are. Is it your expectations that are causing the frustration? Something to think about. Okay. And remember, sometimes as twos, you tend to be attracted to people that are kind of like projects, people that need someone to help them, someone to see better for them and to raise them up. You tend to be attracted to people that are kind of like project friends. And when you surround yourself with projects, you can get exhausting. It could get exhausting and there may be at times you might feel like, well, these people never make room for me. Well, you know, when you're the auto mechanic and every, every thing around you is broken cars, guess what? The broken cars never take care of the mechanic. You feel much better about yourself because you feel like you're being productive. You feel like your life is counting. You're making a difference and you're fixing all these broken cars. But realize, you know, broken cars don't have much to give to a mechanic. Do you have anybody in your life that is an equal? <clears throat> Do you have anybody in your life that is a true friend? That's there for you. Someone you could talk to. Someone you could have fun with. Someone you could relax with. Someone you could share your heart and your problems with. Or are you always the counselor in these relationships? It's easy for you to become the helpful big sister. It's easy for you to become the shoulder people can cry on. But do you have a shoulder you can cry on? You know, we all need somebody in our life that will be there for us. We all need people like you. Do you have someone like you that you can turn to? Someone that will listen to you and will make you a priority when you need to be a priority. It's not bad that you have needs. It's human to have needs. And you shouldn't be embarrassed to have the very thing that you seek out in others. You want to know what other people need so that you can help them and benefit them. It's not bad for you to also be one of us at times and admit that you have needs as well. Okay. Where are we at? Oh, being appreciated without realizing it. 
You believe maybe that being appreciated for what you do for others is the only way you can find satisfaction in life. All right, now let's think about that for a second. The only way I can find satisfaction in life is to feel like my life is making a difference for the people I care about. What if you don't feel like that? What if you're not getting that message back from those people? Like what if it's the people in your family or the people in your small group or your small community? If you can't find satisfaction in life unless those people are communicating to you that your life is making a difference for them, you might turn away from them and give your best energy to people that are way out there on the outside, the strangers, you know. And that's not bad, it's just, are you devoting your best energy to the people that don't matter to you the most? Are the people that matter to you the most, are they getting the resentful, you know, bitter, leftover energy? Um, where is the focus of your attention? And if the people around you aren't communicating your value, does that mean you don't have any value? Well, of course you have value. But remember you and threes and fours, you're all in that value group, questioning at times, does your life matter? Are you a priority? Do you count for something? And of course you do. You matter whether or not you are mattering to the important people in your life. You matter because you have intrinsic value. It's inherent in your DNA. As a baby, you had intrinsic value. And that doesn't change simply because you're 20 years old now or 30 years old now. You're not valuable because of what you do for me. You're not valuable because you help me. You're not valuable because you add value to me. You're valuable because you're simply created in the image of God. That's what gives you value. It's inherent in who you are. And if you could relax that need to be reminded by me of your value, guess what happens? You relax that need to, to feel important and to feel valuable and to feel like you are central. When you can relax that need, other people truly can become the priority for you and you bring the very thing that you're searching for. You bring the love and attention and appreciation and affection and support and all those things that you crave from others, you lavish on other people, but not when you're searching for it. Not when you're broken, not when you're a very low health, trying to find whatever kind of appreciation you can find in this world desperately looking for someone to tell you and remind you that your life has made a difference. Your life has helped me. When you can relax that need a little bit, confident that you already are a person of value, you're able to bring this wonderful gift of love and attention and warmth and community and encouragement and all these things that everybody around you needs so much and appreciates so much when you're doing when you're doing well while you remain unaware of your own true needs and desires well i hope that this information is helpful to you i know it's helpful to me as i go through this book and many other books trying to understand more about myself more about the people i love I hope that uh, it's encouraging to you and it will benefit you and your relationships. And remember twos, you're awesome just the way you are, okay? You're awesome just the way you are. We love you, not because of all that you do, but we love you simply for you. Who you are is, is enough. 
Everything you do for us is icing on the cake, and we so much appreciate it. Thank you, and as always, be present to life. I'll see you guys next time.